Hello there. I'm Michael Graham. I'm the president and co-founder of Midwestern Securities Trading Company. And on this interview for Banking on Growth, I'm fortunate to be with my friend, Tony Cole. Tony was uh, the co-founder and chief learning officer of Anthony Cole Training Group. Tony and I have a great relationship, as you'll hear us interact throughout this interview, uh, that goes back to a BISA conference, Bank Insurance Securities Association conference, where we met over 10 years ago, where Tony was the guest speaker, uh, the expert speaker to the room of bank and credit union execs. I stuck around after Tony's interview and met him. And then uh, throughout that conference, uh, we became friends. We've since hired Anthony Cole Training Group at Midwestern Securities, and many of our bank clients have hired Anthony Cole Training Group throughout the years as well. So when we're thinking of content providers and industry experts to share with our audience, Tony was top of mind. So although I know Tony very well and trust Tony, and you'll find that we have a lot in common, including our passion for this industry and our passion for helping people and living up to the potential that we're given. I want to share a little bit with the audience, Tony, about who you are and what made you uh, the man that you are today. Um, so Tony was born and raised in the blueberry capital of the world, Hamilton, New Jersey. Tony grew up uh, on a farm and uh, grew up in a world where there were no days off. It was seven days on. And uh, Tony's dad uh, had a favorite saying, when everything else fails, hard work works. And Tony, as you look back and you reflect on a very successful uh, career, uh, I know that that's guided you well. So Tony has taken that uh, work ethic and his passion to succeed and be the best man that he can be uh, throughout his life where he played Division One football as a lineman for University of Connecticut. Uh then he went on to coach. His passion for helping people uh, goes back uh, many years, where he coached at University of Cincinnati, Iowa State University, and then became the regional sales manager for Nautilus uh, Exercise Equipment. And then 30 years ago, you and your wife, Linda, started Anthony Cole Training Group. So 30 years, quite a ride, Tony. Um, Linda and Tony have been married for over 29 years. And I know, Tony, you, 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 know, you believe it to your core. This is what you were called to do. Uh, you were called to help people and organizations be the absolute best that they can be, help them realize their greatest potential so that, it, so that they can experience and have the life of abundance as promised in John chapter 10, verse 10. So, Tony, we are uh, thankful to have you on our, our podcast today. And uh, really appreciate your generosity with your time, expertise, and knowledge in the financial services industry. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, Michael. I'm, I'm humbled by that introduction and our longstanding uh, friendship. So uh, uh, thanks uh, for inviting me to do this with you today. You're welcome. We're, we're thankful you're with us. I want to start with a first question for you. Um, Tony, what do you do and can you give us a little bit more of the, the company background. What does your company do to help financial services professionals and institutions? At the uh, risk of selling like a, an elevator pitch, um, the best way to describe what we do is we help um, organizations and people within those organizations 
uh, find revenue growth, you know, with any organization and capture revenue growth outside the organization in the market space that they didn't know that they were capable of doing. And uh, there's, there's a lot behind that. But at the end of the day, uh, Michael, I've, I've had this conversation with you and with presidents and CEOs around the country. Uh, there are very few business owners, presidents of companies and banks, who really get excited about investing in sales trading. But when you talk about revenue growth, and how to improve them, uh, how do you improve efficiency ratios, how do you get more out of your staff, uh, that's what will get their attention, and that's that's what we do. Now, uh, I will say the secret sauce, Michael, for you and the audience behind that, uh, and I won't go into a bunch of detail because I'd eat up all 30 minutes talking about it, is, is uh, taking a look at people's uh, behaviors, their will to be successful in selling, take a look at their sales DNA and their sales competencies and understanding, you know, how those all play in to the gap between how they could be performing, the outcomes they could be getting and what they're getting today. And then based on that science, based not data, we put together the training and development program to work with the management leadership as well as the salespeople. Can you give us a little bit more specifics? Say a bank engages Anthony Cole Training Group. How would that process uh, develop, and how would that play out? <laughs> you know, the, the the tricky part here, Michael, is it is it's the very beginning. You know, uh, I've got an appointment with a fellow this afternoon, and he wants to know what we do. And uh, just like most salespeople, you got to be um, a little cautious about jumping in and giving the elevator pitch, you know. And, and so the whole process starts with the discovery discussion we have with, okay, so if, if, if you were the bank president and you say, Tony, what do you do? I'm going to start with, well, I ask a lot of questions to find out, you know, what, what's happening or not happening in your organization based on how you answer those questions that'll really dictate what we get into next about how what we do. But let's let's just assume for a second, uh, Michael, that that you and I we meet at a conference, right? And we we and we talk about the stuff that we do. And you come up to me afterwards, well, from a quote unquote sales perspective, that's a clear indication that there's something going on in your world that would cause you to approach me and say, "Hey, Tony, I'd like to find out more about what you do." All right? And so, so let's get past that to kind of give you the ABCs of our process. And the A is the first thing we do is we do an assessment. You know, it'd be no different than, you know, you know you're driving your automobile to a, a mechanic shop and uh, you're saying it's not running right, fix it. Well, the first thing they're going to do is to do an analysis. And the same thing with the doctor, same thing with the dentist. We operate the same way. So the very first step is we use objective management group, as you know, uh, that, that they've, they've assessed over 25,000 organizations, over 2 million people, and that's our first step. And then our next step is to bring those findings to you and say, this is this is what you have. This is what's driving the results you do get. And if we worked on these things that fall in the category of will to sell, sales DNA, sales skills, then here's your predicted outcome. And then based on that information, we have a roadmap that tells us, okay, so we need to work with your sales managers probably on on the performance management. We need to work with them on their coaching skills, their time allocation for coaching, their recruiting, their motivating, and holding people accountable. And then on the flip side with the salespeople, 
the primary thing or two two areas. I'll get I'll, I'll close this up so you can ask another question. Is you know first of all, what's your what's what's your milestone centric sales process? Most of the time, that's one of the reasons that people are successful is because they don't have a methodology. So that's probably more than what you wanted to know and everybody else wanted to know. But that's that's kind of where we are. No, that's really important. That's exactly what I wanted to know, Tony. And and I think that you know we work primarily with community banks and and uh, credit unions and, and institutions in the Midwest that. Uh, really don't have a sales management process uh, and their salespeople uh, probably don't have really great sales training to start with. A lot of times I think that uh, the results are inconsistent or they might be personality driven or network driven. But beyond that, uh, I don't see a lot of community banks being consistent and disciplined in sales management with regular meetings, measuring the important things, and really investing time in their people and requiring their people to invest time in themselves to grow. I was listening to another podcast not too long ago that one of our financial advisors shared with me. And this particular presenter said that the top financial advisors need to spend three to four hours a day on professional development, which is extreme. I know I... I probably have 10 books going any given day, and I listen to multiple co- podcasts every given day. But uh, somewhere between the average salesperson go, goes through a pretty unintentional, uh, the average salesperson and financial institution goes through a pretty unintentional sales process. And, and uh, uh, somewhere between that and three to four hours a day, like the podcast I was listening to, uh, has to be something that allows for a good work-life balance, but allows for top performers to develop and to, uh, you know, to generate the fruits of their labor. Oh yeah, uh, uh, without a doubt. And and the the, cha- the there are multiple challenges to this whole thing, Michael. And and what I attempt to do when I'm talking to the group for the first time to, uh, be, I, I promise you that you know if if you're the president of a company, the president of a bank, CEO of the bank. Uh, you watch this talk. You got excited. You know your executive committee is all jacked up about this. But I promise you, the first day that your team shows up, they're sitting there going, "Oh, really? We got to do this." And 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 so we try to create um, a uh, a story, okay, um, a uh, a narrative that they can probably relate to. Well, only that narrative is think about any professional doing anything. I don't care if it's a physician. I don't care if it's a CPA. I don't care if it's a uh, a, a musician or an athlete, but athletes are the most visible. So I normally tend to go that direction. And one of my favorite stories is about, and you can have a different opinion about Pete Rose, but Pete Rose was one of the all-time greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter ever. And that man, during the game, spent time underneath the stadium hitting balls off the tee. The greatest in the game, mm-hmm. in a football game, maximum amount of time spent in action is 18 minutes maximum football teams and players spend hours in practice hours studying film hours studying the opponent for 18 minutes of action so if we were if we're going to look at ourselves at professionals at what we do in my mind it just makes a little bit of sense that we need to invest some time to get better at our craft michael absolutely that's a great analogy um Tony, how did you get into coaching uh, in the financial services industry? What What's your origin story? 
Uh, the origin story is I, I came out of the life insurance business. You know, I'm not originally, but as you mentioned, I was up for work for Nautilus Exercise Equipment. I met my life, uh, my lovely life, Linda, and and, and I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, correction on the bio. It's uh, 39 years, not 29. You know, she's proud of those long, long years of being married. And uh, and we got here, and I didn't have a job, so I got into the financial services uh, business with uh, Life in Vermont, and I absolutely was terrible at it. I really struggled. And so I had to, I had to hire a coach. And uh, so I got in, involved with a coach and worked with him for about three years. We thought we might be able to go into business together, and uh, we just could make the chemistry work. But, but I had already had one foot out the door. Uh, I was up one morning reading uh, the good book, and a message came to me that says, you know, go take this step and, and you'll never fail. So I had a, I had a natural marketplace in that, in that industry when I started. And so when I decided to take this step and take this move, I just started calling people that knew me. And part of my sales approach with them as a wholesaler was always teaching them how to sell. And that and that's why they did business with, with me because they felt I brought more to the table than just a disability product. And so that's how we got our start. And 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 and, and for a while, Michael, you know, we we trained and coached, you know, three of the top one hundred insurance brokerage operations in the country. And then one of those guys left and went into banking. And that's how we got into banking. Great, great. Yeah. Tony, what do you see as uh, problems facing community banks right now? And how does your team help solve some of these? Well, uh, certainly as we speak here today, you know, in, in, in June of 2023, the, I don't, I don't want to call it an upheaval, but certainly the, the bit of a tsunami wave that hit the banking industry with the, with the closures and all that kind of stuff caused uh, a lot of chatter, okay, where the ripple effect was felt out into the community banks because people were nervous about what was going on with their money. Um, and then he, certainly the other big thing is, is, is the economy, and I'm not going to get political about that, but I read a, a, an article in Fortune magazine where with the, uh, I guess it was, uh, I, I don't remember the 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 processes that were put in place to stress test banks. Okay, I don't remember the name, but it escapes me right now. But in reading this article, they stress test banks if everything collapsed. What they didn't stress test was interest rates going way up when you had a bunch of deposits and loans out there at different rates. You know, so that's what that's what contributed to the problem. So anyway, you know, here here's the answer may not directly answer the question you asked about today's banks, because this is my feeling, Michael, is that you've been in this, you, you, I mean, how long you've been in this business, Mike? 27 years. Yeah. You know, and you've heard me say this in front of groups, if you've been in this business, any kind of business for any extended period of time, I always ask my own, when has it ever been smooth sailing? Mm-hmm. Right? It's never been. So what, what, I, what I try and get our bank clients to understand is let's not panic. We've been through something like this before. You hang around long enough. You're going to be. You're going to run into it again. And so this goes back to your early discussion. What organizations need are systems and processes to execute to, regardless of what's going on around them. And if you love the process, the process will love you back. You know. So that's that's what we're trying to get them to do is let's 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 execute the process. Let's execute the business strategy. 
and let's forget about the noise because when everybody else is crying about the noise, you'll be in a marketplace doing what you're supposed to do. And I think that's that's excellent. Um, currently, I'm the president of a holding company board of directors that owns a community bank. Uh, uh, so we had our annual shareholder meeting last week, actually, and we were talking about some of these out of our control, uh, you know, uncertainties in the global marketplace and specifically in financial services. And uh, that's kind of how I summed up my comments at the holding company board meeting was, uh, you know, that's business as usual. Uh, these out of control uncertainties are business as usual. We have to look at them for opportunities to learn, opportunities to improve, opportunities to move forward while others uh, while others are fearful. And uh, you know, we want to keep, you know, systematically, I think was, you know, systems was a word that you used, systematically improving while others slow and others falter. Let's use these as an opportunity to move forward uh, confidently, not, not fearfully. Um, but, you know, focus on what, what is in our control and what can we measure? What can we manage? What can we hire to better? What can we train to better? Uh, you know, I think community banks, one of our unique, uh, abilities is the, the ability to stay close to the street and close to our customers ear that the big publicly traded banks and, uh, uh, and digital banks, can't do. So how do we train and reinforce those behaviors at the teller line or throughout the whole institution to gather information and share information, listen proactively and help proactively bring solutions to our customers? You know, that's the advantage that the community institutions have, but that doesn't happen just randomly. Uh, you know, you don't hire people out the street and say, hey, it's going to be X dollars an hour or X amount per year. And this is where you do it. And this is how you take deposits. And this is how you do whatever, right? Uh, it has to have extra extra training and reinforcement of that training. Tony, um, if you had to estimate community banks that you've interacted with throughout the years, what percentage of them have good and systematic training processes in place and have those expectations of proactivity and communication that I'm referring to? Um, I, I'm going to break my answer down into two parts and in, in because it, it's uh, most organizations, most of the banks have conversations about expectations. You know, and, and I know that you've been experienced with this. You get into probably October of the year, November of the year. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. One of my, one of my clients, uh, when we started working with them, uh, called me up in, at the end of November and said, Tony, as a result of the conversation you had with us about establishing budgets of extraordinary schedules, for the first time in the history of our organization, we have a budget in place before the end of the year for the next year. <laughs> so, 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 so they have the conversation, okay? But the conversation sounds like this, okay? Uh, Michael, your your loan portfolio is twenty million. Next year, I expect it to be twenty five. Now, now, part A of your original question: What do they do to help you systematically and via process, either through coaching and training? What do they bring to the table to help you uh, accomplish that? And and uh, boy, I'm 
I might be shooting myself in the foot here, but the percentage of organizations, not just banks, is, is tiny. It's tiny, Michael. I mean, I just, you know, I, there's thousands of community banks out there, and, and we work, we, over our history, we probably worked with close to 100, and that's a fraction. It's a fraction, you know. Uh, and, and if they do anything, okay, they do a one-day event, and I think that's training. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm fond of saying you train animals, you, you coach people, you know, and you, know, you got to change behaviors and mindsets that requires ongoing coaching. So hope that answers your question. It does. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it, Tony. So if a, a bank or financial services you know, company of any type, insurance agency, credit union, uh, hires you, what sort of results or uh, next steps, takeaways would they expect to see? But that that is a great question, and we get asked that question one hundred percent of the time. Tony, what can we expect? As you would with anything, if you went out and bought a car, you know, you're going to ask, "What can I expect in terms of mileage or maintenance and all that kind of?" It's, it's, it's obviously the right question, and and so it's. Uh, I tell them this is what you can expect immediately. You can expect anecdotal proof that something is changing. All right. Um, uh, as you, you can expect some collateral damage. You know, the, the thing that's really important to understand, uh, and you were talking about something before about you kept calling, uh, you know, our, our salespeople, 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 and, and I, I'm fond of going in front of uh, every bank that we meet with for the first time. I ask them, okay, so let me ask you all a question. How many of you got into this business hoping to be a salesperson? Show of hands. No hands go up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so so they don't go into the business thinking like a salesperson, all right? And so when when we start to have conversations with them about the types of things that salespeople typically do, there's some resistance, but something works. They try something and they get a positive result, and so the anecdotal thing happens. The second thing that happens, especially if they put in place the system or process of performance management, building an extraordinary uh, goal, uh, building the success formula creating huddles to, to inspect what you expect, the next thing they can always count on is improved activity. Outcomes are a result of effort and execution. All right? The first thing we need to get people doing is to establish that stake in the ground somewhere down in the, in the future, build a formula to get there, and then make sure they're doing the steps in the activity. So that's the second thing they expect. And then within six months, someone's going to walk in and one day say, holy cow, you can't believe what just happened. Okay, they're going to talk about the five million dollar loan they just got, or the hundred thousand dollar deposit they just got. So that that that's kind of the sequencing of what happens. Mm-hmm. A, a quick uh, narrative is: I just came back from a board meeting with one of our clients, and they're just so jacked up of having seventeen percent loan growth year over year. I mean, now now to some of your clients that might be a pittance, but for most organizations, they're pretty excited about that. You know, so that's that's where we'll get to. Excellent. Excellent. I think that last answer was worth the whole podcast. Just hearing, <laughs> hearing those thoughts from me. Tony, this has been fantastic. If our listeners want to learn more about Anthony Cole Training Group, how do they do that? They should call you. And it's, <laughs> hey, awesome. Call awesome. me, 800-732-8601 at Midwestern Securities. I will refer you to Anthony Cole Training Group. But seriously, uh, how, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? You know, probably the best thing to do is is for anybody to investigate a little bit. Go to go to uh, our website, anthonycoltraining.com. 
Okay. And, yeah. and, and to take a look at what we do, find out, download something for free. Our phone number is 513. I'm going to make sure I get it right. 791-3458. Ask for Jenny. Okay. She's our chief marketing officer. She talks to all those people who have an interest in us. That's the best way to track us down. They want to reach out to me, Tony at anthicultraining.com. Awesome. Thank you very much, Tony. This has been fantastic. I know there's some gems in here that our audience is going to love. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much.